Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, live from the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Sounds of the week right there, brought to you by U Conference Football. 14U Division will allow players the full high school experience, high school rules, unlimited weights, real football, if you're tired of rec league competition, sign up today. UConferenceFootball.org. Let's compete. Let's play. Come on by. Get some jazz gear. We ran out of bees tickets, but we still have a, a desk ornament left, Gordon. We have plenty of shirts. Yeah, I got the shirts. The hats are gone. Uh, people do uh, come in here and take a look at this stuff. Well, and take advantage of the great deals at the warehouse as well. Race is going to take an additional 20% off if you mention the big show. So, And that's the of the low ticket item, too. So these are just, making it worth your while to drop by yeah, the warehouse and take care of it. That is definitely true. And we've had a number of people come in who said they were furnishing an apartment or a new home. A couple people coming in with new homes to furnish. This is the place to come. Yeah. You're going to save thousands. Whether you whether you want to come in and buy one item, you're still going to save a bunch of money. It's well worth the trip in. No doubt about it. 1967 South, 300 West. All right, Gordon, let's uh, let's play our conversation this morning with Ed Davis. Let's do it. Uh, one of two new Jasmine introduced today. We played our Jeff Green interview earlier today. Now here from uh, the Jazz New Center, Ed Davis. All right. Well, tell us about your first impressions uh, of the franchise of Salt Lake and how you got here. Um, I mean, obviously, this is one of the, you know, respected, you know, franchises in the league. And, you know, this being, you know, my 10th year, you know, I know, you know, how much, you know, respect and, you know, how, you know, they're they're known and, you know, the culture, always a winning environment. You know, that's just it's always a good thing, you know. Excited to be a part of it. What role did uh, Quinn Snyder play in uh, in this process? He seems to be impressive to people. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I had like interactions with him like before, like during games and like stuff like that, coming to him, talking to him. So you know, I knew that you know he was sort of on the line of I guess like a, a player's coach and whatnot, just you know from his personality. And then um, you know when I when I met with them on on July one, you know he was there. And, you know he definitely you know talked a lot. So you know that definitely you know helped out a lot. You know with me giving me the confidence coming here, knowing that you know everything would be okay. Has he talked to you about uh, your role and what you can bring uh, to this roster? Um, I mean not. You know, you're playing X amount of minutes or doing this, doing that. But I think, like, for me, it's pretty much, you know, um, you know, um, it's understood, you know, what my role is going to be on this team, you know, with, you know, Gobert, you know, holding down, you know, the five spot, you know, um, being there for him, you know, those backup minutes and, you know, um, if he doesn't play 82, you know, being ready to start those games, he's not, he's not, you know, um, playing. So I think it's, you know, just understood something you don't have to talk about, you know. How do you see yourself fitting in here? And when you change from one team to another, how how difficult is that to fit in? What do you got to do? Um, for me, like the, the difficult part is like moving my family, you know, finding a spot and, you know, understanding the city. You know, the basketball part is easy. You know, my personality, you know, I 
always, you know, um, I feel like I can fit in, you know, adapt to any environment there is in this world. So, you know, fitting in the locker room, you know, I don't, I don't even think about that. And then on the court, you know, I, I've been on a lot of, you know, different teams, good teams, bad teams, winning teams, losing teams. So, you know, it's honestly, I don't even think about it. It's going to be an easy transition for me. How important is it for you to like the guys that you're going to play with? Do you get any sense for that kind of thing or do you even care? Uh, I mean, you, you, you care because you, you, you know, you want to, you know, like your teammates because you're around them every day. But at the end of the day, it's still a job, you know, just like with your job. You know, I'm pretty sure you don't like everyone, but can't stand it. Exactly. <laughs> but you still come in, you know, do your work and, you know, like you said, you know, do your job. So, you know, for me, you know, it's hard to say, you know, if I'm going to get along with every guy on the team. But, you know, I'm, re- I'm going to respect everyone, you know, be professional every day. So however it plays out, that's how it plays out. Do you hear good things about these guys on this team? Because it seems like a pretty good group. Um, yeah, you know, I, I play with Mike, so I, I know Mike. And then, you know, just um, you know, with my agency, you know, with being with CAA, they got a couple guys on the team. And then, you know, the NBA, um, I guess, like, the community fraternity or whatever is super small so you know everyone you know is connected to someone in some way somehow through someone you know so do a little research looking into your stats um you rebound at an incredible rate so what's what's the secret to the art of the rebound I can't tell you until my career is over. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned a little bit about uh, your family. Tell us a little bit about you and kind of what you're all about. Uh, you know, I, I'm married with, you know, two boys, I got twin boys. So how old? You know, um, two. They turned. They turned two in April. I, I just my uh, youngest just or my only just turned two last week. It's what a wild age. You're going through the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you got two. Yeah, man. <laughs> Terrible twos right now, man. My, my boys are definitely in the no stage and oh yeah, you know want to do everything on their own. So you know it's it's, it's tough right now, but it's it's worth it. In your career, uh, obviously you've been doing this a long time, but do you love it? Do you enjoy it? Is it uh, passion for you or is it like you said earlier a job um no i i still love it you know um, i'm still passionate about it you know throughout my career i had you know my dark times where you know i lost some of the love for it at, at some point but you know you gain that back through you know being in you know good environments and good situations but you know even though with all the love and passion you know at the end of the day i still understand that it's a job and it's a business and so that's always, you know, my first mindset that it is a job in business because, you know, that's what it is. So sometimes you can't let your emotions and your love for the game affect, you know, um, you know, the business out of it. What causes the down the down times? Is it uh, losing or is it uh, you don't get along with your guys or what? Right. I mean, for, for everyone it's different. But for me, it was, you know, the not playing. You know, um, you know my whole my whole career. You know, up until I got to Memphis, you know, I played every game like I never had a DMP. So you know, getting my first DMP, you know, at what was I 23, 24 years old. You know, it's sort of you know it's it's another level of I guess of humbling. You know, so it definitely you know shook me up a little bit, and um, I'm glad that I bounced out of it. But um, it definitely you know. Um, you know, woke me up and, you know, I was I was there with Lionel Hollins. He was the coach at the time and he didn't make it better for me at all. So mm-hmm. that's what, you know, made it a little worse for me. So that relationship with the coach is pretty darn important. Yeah, for sure. You know, because you can have, <clears throat> you know, I was in I was in Portland and, you know, um, one year 
my second year there, you know, we're starting to lose a little bit. And, you know, one thing I respect about, you know, um, Terry Stotts was that, you know, he, the games where, you know, he knew that my minutes were going to, you know, fluctuate and be, you know, a little erratic or whatever, you know, he communicated with me about it and talked to me. And so nothing was a surprise. And, you know, I gained a lot of respect for him for that. So like you said earlier, you think that your role here will be a steady one? For sure. Yeah. You'll know pretty much when you're going to go in, and although there might be times when uh, they mix it up a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's lineups, you know, foul trouble, like you said, injuries, it shifts. But you know, I, I pride myself on, you know, being ready every night and you know being consistent and efficient. So I'm going to be ready on my end. My number's called. Well, Ed, thank you so much for a few minutes. It's great to meet you. Welcome to Salt Lake City. All right, for sure. Appreciate it. Nice yeah. to meet you. Ed Davis, new jazz man, he with us uh, on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Not a, not a big fan of Lionel Hollins. No, apparently not. But uh, as far as the way he's going to work with the jazz, I see him as, uh, and he knows this, backing up Rudy. That's what he's going to do. And there might be occasions when he's on the floor. Uh, at other times, I guess he could be on a, uh It's rather uh, rare that he would be on the floor with Rudy, but uh, he's going to get his minutes. Enough of them, I think. I think so, too. And I, I think, you know, the Jazz had a real luxury with Derek Favors because they had the best backup center in the league. And I don't know if Ed Davis I would classify as that, but he's pretty darn good. And, and he's, he's a good defender, too. Good defender, and he does. He rebounds at a higher rate than anybody else in the league. So, I mean, he's going to go in there and he's going to play physical, clean up the boards. And, and, you know, I know Dennis likes to use the term jazz DNA, but it feels like he's got that. I think it was funny when you asked him what the key was to his rebounding rate. And he said he couldn't tell you until after he's done. But uh, I think that's timing. A lot of it is timing and positioning, obviously, all the basics. And he's, he's, uh, he's got that figured out. And he also knows he takes pride in it. That's a big part of rebounding. It's not easy to rebound. No, and it's not always all about size. I mean, Dennis Rodman was never the biggest guy, but he led the league in rebounding how many years in a row at astronomical rate. You call it having a nose for the ball. Well, it's knowing where the ball, being able to read the flight of the ball, you know, and, and be able to anticipate how it's going to come off the rim. And he kind of indicated to us off the air, and we won't, share details or whatever but he studies it yeah he he he's it it is an art to him and he it's he's not just coincidentally around the ball let me put it that way yeah there are tendencies right and trends when the ball is shot from a certain place where it's going to go and he's well aware of those things well and and he kind of joked about it but it was obvious he he takes a lot of pride in it yeah yeah and uh, i always think back when i think of great rebounders I think of what Pat Riley said when he was coaching the Lakers. He essentially said the saying, and you've heard it before, no rebounds, no rings. That is still an awful important part of what the uh, what the Jazz is going to try and get done this next year. And so Ed's going to play a part in that for sure. Uh, Austin, by the way, is continuing on with our, um, uh, you know, who would play us in a movie theme. Who is this actor you have me next to on Twitter here, Austin? You can follow Austin at Austin Horton. That's comedian actor Nick Swardson. That's who that oh. is. Okay. Does he do you look like yeah, you? Yeah. Uh, let's see. He looks like you. You. That, you think that looks like me? 
Uh, a little bit. Uh, okay. A little bit. Is he a funny guy, at least, Austin? Yeah, at times, yeah. At times. He's a sensitive right. guy. He doesn't well, like being made fun of. He has you <laughs> next, to, next to, to Nick Cage. Uh, he has uh, Tony next to Clint Howard. And Hans next to uh, the dude from... Uh, Let's see that. Who's this guy again, Dave Austin? Bautista. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. What about the DJ? See- what about DJ? What did you think of that one? Uh, which one did you do, DJ? I didn't see that one. Uh, I found a picture of Kevin Klein that matched uh, the suit DJ was wearing, kind of. That looks like DJ? Uh, Hans suggested, uh, who's the the Julia Childs for DJ? If you click on the picture itself, it'll pop up there. <laughs> okay. All right, I like, that for, uh, I like that for DJ. That works. All right, so Austin's keeping this whole thing rolling. If you want to continue to, to participate, feel free to tweet at us, at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton, who would play, uh, who would play the staff in a movie about the zone. Is that? Oh, wait, wait! I didn't hear that. Is that? Is that Paul Giamatti? Who? Next to? Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's Paul Giamatti. Yeah. I could see that. I still like maybe Michael Chiklis better. Chiklis uh, is too good looking, to be honest. Oh, you're a handsome man, Austin. Don't be so shy. I don't know if I'd call Michael Chiklis a good looking guy. <laughs> that's Kevin Klein. Oh. You a Kevin Klein fan? No, I just say he looks a little different now. You ever seen A Fish Called Wanda? It's a good movie. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. In fact, uh, Sam Presti had some interesting comments in an op-ed he wrote wrote in the Oklahoman. I want to run those past you, Gordon, coming up right around the corner. He's uh, prepping the fan base for a rebuild. But he said something interesting that mm, I'm curious if fans agree all right How about that okay all right we'll get to that on the other side we are live from the warehouse 1967 south 300 west come on by and see us uh get hooked up on great deals on furniture mattresses adjustable beds art even rugs gordon they've got it all here at the warehouse we have some jazz gear for you as well if you want to grab a jazz shirt uh we still have one of those desk ornaments left as well 1967 south 300 west and our good friend race joins us once again in tom's absence he's out of town and that only benefits the listener race because you've you've pretty much wowed everybody with your deals so far today well we'll see if we can do a little bit better let's talk about decorating the inside of your house maybe you need a sofa table maybe a coffee table or an end table you know if you go out anywhere in town you can pay up to three hundred dollars for any one of those items i've got 15 different models to choose from come in and say you heard it on the zone and we'll do any of those tables and all those different models for only $95 a piece. Brand new in the box. Wow. Ottomans, rest the sore feet that you have after a long day. Ottomans usually are $99 here. How about if I offer them at 35 bucks? Oh, man. And, of course, uh, to help you out, we do have layaway available, and there's no credit financing. And, of course, on large purchases, we'll do up to 12 months interest-free. So come and see us only at the Salt Lake Store, 1967 South, 300 West. Boom. Do it. Take advantage of it. Thank you, Race. 1967 South, 300 West. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Live at the warehouse. Come see us. 1967 South, 300 West. We still have some jazz gear left, so feel free to come on by and grab it. And, of course, price is so low. It'll blow your mind right here at the warehouse. Gordon, um, Sam Presti, the general manager for Oklahoma City, Uh wrote an op-ed for the Oklahoman. And and if you read the whole thing, basically it's a, a PR piece. You know, explaining why they uh, have gone this direction and uh, that they're going to have to rebuild and on and on. But there's one particular paragraph in here that jumped out at me, and I'm, I'm curious to your reaction. Okay, okay, let's hear it. Sam said this, quote, Despite our city's rapid, uh, rise, rapid rise in growth, Oklahoma City remains the second smallest market in the NBA. While this brings many benefits, it also poses strategic challenges. Given the way the league system is designed, small market teams operate with significant disadvantages. There is no reason to pretend otherwise. This in no way means we cannot be extraordinarily successful. We and several other small to mid-market teams are our own best examples of the ability to overcome these realities it simply means we must be thinking differently optimistically finding our advantages by other means unquote okay i have no problem with that do you yeah he's making an excuse excuse but he's telling the truth a little bit except for the demise of oklahoma city has nothing to do with them being a small market it has everything to do with him being dumb uh, how so? Sam bet on the wrong horse, man. He prioritized Russell Westbrook, and it cost him two other Hall of Famers. Okay, fair enough. That's not the market's fault. That's his fault. But he, the fact he that haggled Paul over, George asked for a trade? He haggled over $5 million bucks with James Harden and traded him for basically nothing. Yeah, but could they have, got, could they have kept all those guys? In the long run. They could have at that point, and they were coming off a trip to the finals. Yeah. Yeah, then, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's perfect, but the other teams make mistakes too, but are more able to overcome them, I think. And the fact that he didn't uh, get anything in return for Kevin Durant, I, I think is, is a mistake. But what he was talking about at the at the base level is true, isn't it? Don't you believe that small market teams do have a bit of a disadvantage? By the way, who's the smallest market? Oh, I don't know. If, I thought OKC of, is I think it's second. Milwaukee, I want to say, but I, I'd really? have to look it up. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I just think it's easier for certain teams to overcome their mistakes than others. I'm not yep. saying that there isn't some truth to it, but but the way he put it in here, it just sounds like a big old excuse to me. But what what I read there is okay. Paul George wanted to leave because he wanted to go to a bigger market team. Is that true? Because he did resign there for a year. He was willing, and he said even of his own admission that he was willing to give it a chance. For a year, and it didn't work. Yeah, that's I, not I, that's I, not okay. being a small market. That's it. Didn't work. The most credible and he's part right, by the of way, your criticism work. is uh, putting your money on Russell Westbrook. I mean that that was a mistake. I think I get that, but the other things, I don't know. I don't blame him for not being able to keep Paul George. I'm surprised that Paul George wanted to stick around as long as he did. If he were better at his job, 
and put together a, a winner, he's pretty then Paul good. George wouldn't have left. Sam Presti's pretty good at his job. See, everybody always says that. And you disagree. And I don't know. I just think he gets a lot of credit, and he's done, I mean, by drafting Harden, Durant, and Westbrook, he, he certainly deserves some credit. So I'm not, I'm not here to totally say that this guy is completely bad at his job. But he's made some moves in, over the past years that nobody seems to criticize him for. That that move to get Carmelo Anthony was a disaster. Yeah, but when, when, when the Lakers make mistakes, okay, okay, they make a bunch of mistakes and then they, they make up for it by signing LeBron and now... You know, they get AD and everyone. And so people don't think about it as much, you know. I, I just think that it's more forgiving for teams that can just sort of take a big old marker and and and, and uh, redraw the picture. I Okay, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But he's saying in here the way that the NBA is set up is a disadvantage to small markets. If, if anything, the rules are designed to negate that disadvantage by small markets, a disadvantage of small markets. You think that's the way the Pelicans feel about it? What do you think the salary cap does? Yeah, And revenue distribution and all that, all that's even. Yeah, but you, we've talked about this. The power lies with the star players. And if they want out, they, they, they goodbye. You're not going to be able to keep them. There's no use to keep them. They want to go off to play in Los Angeles because they want the bright lights or whatever they, or because they have a relationship with a star player who happens to be in the in the entertainment business. That's 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 an advantage that Oklahoma City will never have. Correct. Now, how come you make this argument with the NBA, but when we talked about almost this very same thing in college football, that different schools have built-in advantages and disadvantages, you called me basically crazy. I did, and in college college football, it's a lot bigger deal than or a lot bigger. When did I? Yeah. When did I? Say we were that? talking about the Utes, and I was saying they are a, a disadvantage compared to other Pac twelve schools. But, they, but, they, but that's not true. You, oh, are, uh, that's not true. It is true. No, it's not it's true. And now in Go the NBA, back and read my column that I wrote about the Utes being at no disadvantage now because they've built their program into a place that people want to come play. True, they're still at a disadvantage compared to other places. I well, I mean, when you're talking about now, maybe Alabama and Oklahoma and Texas, yeah, I, or Notre Dame, yeah, I get that, but they're they're right there in the Pac-12. Just because they've overcome some disadvantages does not mean that those disadvantages do not exist, and they are disadvantaged compared to the California schools. No, they're not. Why? Because, a, the, why? because there's a beach there? Because there's a ton of talent there. Yeah, but look at where Utah's getting its talent from. They're coming from California. Right. They're getting cast-offs from uh, USC cast-offs. and UCLA, go, and they're developing go, them go into better there. players. You go over there to the Eccles uh, football facility and tell those guys they were Cast-offs. I don't think they view themselves. How many of those Southern California guys, if they were offered to USC, would have gone to USC? I don't know. A lot of them. I don't know. A lot of them, and you know that to be true too. Now you're, yeah, Yeah, right, exactly. You're guessing. All I know is who's putting players in the NFL. But that's a credit to their player development. That's overcoming the disadvantage that I'm talking about. Well, it doesn't matter. But in the NBA, all of a sudden, it does. Yeah, it does because it's more forgiving. I I agree, but Sam Presti had the the world by the tail or whatever the the, the saying is, <laughs> and his mistakes cost him that. 
And now he's saying, oh, what was me? We're in a small market. And it's like, all right. But well, it, I'll some tell you, of it is true. I'll tell you what he's right about. They do have to, small markets have to think uh, differently. And they have to find their advantages by other means. I, I, I agree with that. The Jazz, the Jazz are at a disadvantage compared to L.A. because of markets. I agree. But the Jazz traded for a player that has recruited other players to come fill out the roster. That's, that's overcoming a disadvantage. Yes. They recruited a player who's a really great teammate and has a lot of relationships out there. And, and he made some phone calls. That's, that's smart. I agree. But Sam Presti picking Russell Westbrook out of that big three to be the one that they ride or die with, that was a mistake. Yep, and the Lakers make mistakes, and they're able to overcome them. Look, I understand it. Just because you're in a big market doesn't mean – what's the matter with the Hawks? Atlanta's a big metropolitan area. I actually really like what the Hawks are doing. Well, now. What about the Knicks? What's that all about? Yeah, bad, bad management can negate advantages yeah. as well. Yes, it can. But at the root level, I do agree with what Sam is saying. There is some truth to what he's saying. It's uh, it's much more harsh on a small market team when they make bad decisions. Well, I'll tell you this. He was behind a trend in that overly athletic guards that can't shoot are losing their place in this league, and he bet on an overly athletic guard that couldn't shoot. Yeah, but you're treating Russell Westbrook like he's an absolute loser. I, I mean, there are many things that he does extremely well. But out of those three, he was the third best player. That I will agree with. So there were some mistakes made, yeah. But we're in a small market. <laughs> Boo-hoo. <laughs> Don't be mad at me. We're in a small market. We're the second smallest market in the league. That Don't is, be mad. That is a little transparent, isn't it? Yeah. But I think he was more – he's commenting on the fact that Paul George left and now they're, they swapped out all this stuff for draft picks. And, and if they hadn't have underachieved, then maybe he wouldn't have left. Maybe if they hired a better coach than Billy Donovan, they could have done better than one and done in the playoffs. Yeah. A roster with uh, MVP in Russell Westbrook and a player like Paul George should not be one and done in the playoffs. They underachieved. I and maybe if they overachieved, that. Paul George wouldn't have requested a trade. He was willing to give it a year to try and see if it worked. It didn't work. He signed a four-year deal and then bailed on him. That's better than bailing on him last year. He gave it another try. But he still bailed. He had three years left. So? I don't think he does that. If Sam would have been better at his job, he wouldn't have bailed. Let's just agree on the fact that there are disadvantages in place. Fine. But that was not – that is a deflection. Mm. boo-hooing about a small market in this particular circumstance, that is a deflection. <laughs> All right. And if I'm, a, if I'm a Thunder fan, I don't want to hear that from my general manager. Uh, I, I, I think you might be – you're being a little bit hard. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Dennis Lindsay plays all that stuff down for a reason. 
whenever he's asked about uh, Salt Lake and, and its reputation and all this stuff in free agency, he says, we're changing that, man. We're doing something about it. It's a it's a proactive comment. You never hear you never hear Dennis Lindsay say, "Oh, what was me? We're just in little old Salt Lake City. People think we're weird. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do my job? How am I supposed to get somebody to come play here? Have you been to Oklahoma City? Well, that's what he's saying. He's I saying, know. "How am I supposed to get somebody to come play in this cow town?" <laughs> I'd much rather live in Salt Lake City than Oklahoma. The way the NBA's designed, we just don't stand a chance. <laughs> but if we do, then it's because of my brilliance. Maybe you hicks out there, if you were a little more sophisticated, I could get somebody to come play in this podunk town. That's what he's saying. If I'm a, if I'm a an Oklahoma City Thunder fan right now, I'd be I'd be mad. I'd be like, don't give me that crap. Go go do your job. <laughs> okay. Okay, Jake. You can't tell if if Justin Zanuck came out and and made a comment like that. You can't tell me that that wouldn't rub you the wrong way. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. But you would say, "Well, okay, well why okay. are you making the big bucks?" Okay, so what happens if Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, comes to the Jazz and say, "Okay, I'm sorry, I'm out of here. I have three years left on my deal, but I want out." That would be a tough thing for uh, executives to handle. I agree, but I don't see Dennis Lindsay writing some op-ed in the Trib and saying, "Well, it's just a small market. It's just so hard." Well, he was explaining so to hard. his fan base some things that uh, challenges. When Gordon face. Hayward left, did did Dennis pen an op-ed and say, "Well, Boston's just so much bigger"? No, they went out and drafted Donovan Mitchell. Right. <laughs> it was on to the next thing. Yeah. You know what? In fact, it. it you know as well as I do that Gordon Hayward, when he left, hurt this franchise in a number of different ways. The obvious, you lose a talented player and everything, but it, it shook a little bit. Yeah. And you never, never, ever heard anybody boo-hooing about it. Not for a second. Uh, all their stuff, all their public reaction yeah. was all, we're moving forward. The public stuff, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a tape recorder in Dennis Lindsay's office, and I'm sure he <laughs> punched the wall or something a few times because that was a setback. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sure he wasn't real pleased about it. But when he's talking to the team and he's talking to the fan base, it was, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Here we go. But you're talking about two different things. There are disadvantages that small market teams face. And, and, and now you're saying, well, okay, if they do face those, then they shouldn't talk about them publicly. They shouldn't b- boo-hoo about it. Okay. Sam, go take But a, they do exist. Go good. take a gig in New York then. Nobody's Nobody arrested you and locked you in the jail in Oklahoma City. Go somewhere else then. They're probably paying them pretty well. And if you are as brilliant as everybody says you are, there should be NBA teams lining up to give you money. Well, there might be. That might be. But it's, it, what he said at its root is true. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> this is a small market. Second smallest market in the NBA. Boo-hoo. <laughs> and Milwaukee was in the conference finals last year. Yeah, for the first time in forever. Since when? Since Lou Alcindor was playing there? Uh, did uh, well, They lost to the Lakers. Did uh, no? Did uh, what's his name? George Carl. He got to an Eastern Conference Finals once with the Bucks, didn't he? With like Vin Baker and did he? and that know. and Ray Allen and Seems that group. Like it's been a long time. But 
Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear you boo-hooing about the market size. And it just seems like okay, a, a well, giant we're talking excuse. about two different things. Should somebody say something publicly, okay, maybe not. You can make that argument. But is it true what he's saying to some extent? Yes. All right. That's why executives who run teams in smaller markets must be smarter than everyone else. It's not fair, but that's a fact. All right, stay tuned. It is the big show. We'll have more coming up next, live from the warehouse right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. This girl that I had been on some dates with got me a Michigan State Build-A-Bear. And I had the most awkward moment ever. We were all like, oh boy, the way me and my family have always operated, I was honest with her then. The, as you opened it? I was as nice as I no, could be about not it. impossible. Yes, I was. There's no nice way I to said, do this. I said, thank you so much. You are absolutely awesome. I appreciate the effort. Let me explain something real quick. So we are Michigan fans. <laughs> Yeah, right. Michigan. I don't know. This this is um this Michigan State. This is a different. And I said, it's no big deal. I was like, don't feel bad. Don't. Be. And then I was the biggest jerk that's ever lived. And how would you have handled this? That's I w- what I want to I, I wouldn't have. <laughs> I flat plane wouldn't have. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. Your home for Utah's best sports radio is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. My baby Big show live from the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Wanted to briefly mention this story, Gordon. I know, I know that Ennis Cantor isn't uh, the, necessarily the most popular guy around here. Yeah. But this situation with with he and the Turkish government is just wild. And uh, if you'll recall, during the Western Conference Finals, uh, they didn't air the games over there in Turkey because uh, because of Ennis and President Erdogan wouldn't wouldn't let that happen. Uh, did you see that he had a free camp scheduled? I guess he's been doing a ton of camps, free camps for kids, free camps scheduled in Long Island, and the Turkish consulate sent people over to the Islamic Center where the camp was to be held to twist the arm of the church, and they canceled the camp. I mean... How crazy is that? Really? And Ennis basically said that uh, they were thugs that went over and threatened them. Those were the words that, that he used. All this does is uh, under underscore his complaints. It's it's pretty wild. I actually have a lot of respect for him for, um, for standing up and being vo- as vocal about something that he's obviously really passionate about. Of course he is. It has a dramatic effect on his family. He can't no. even communicate no. with his family. No, it's sad. It really is. I, I, his dad was in prison for a time. I, I mean, it's, like I said, I know he's not all that popular around here, but uh, what he what he's going through in his personal life with his home country is is amazing. It's just, it's it's horrible. So essentially you have to fall in line with a certain ideology yep. uh, in order to gain favor. 
And if you don't, then you are persecuted for it. Hmm. And he refuses to back down, which, I mean, the, the could come at extreme personal consequence. I mean, he almost was, for lack of a better term, abducted in the Romanian airport because they basically made it so his passport was not valid and that he couldn't get out of Romania. And in fact, the NBA was very instrumental in, in getting him back to the States. He, he couldn't go on road trips to Canada. He can't leave the country. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I know we live in an imperfect country, but it sure is nice to be somewhere where you can have a dissenting view and not face this kind of thing. Uh, just my my uh, two cents. On Pretty that. wild. Mm-hmm. All right, come on and visit us. Warehouse nineteen sixty seven South three hundred West. Our good friend Race is with us once again, and Race has really outdone himself with the deals today. I got a call from Tom in Las Vegas. He said, knock it off. (laughs) Are you in trouble already? (laughs) Yeah, but you're moving product, man. He's gone, so we'll do one more. (laughs) Let's talk about bedrooms for a moment. And I want to talk about two opposites, uh, inexpensive set and and a high-end set. I have a Louis Philippe cherry sleigh bed, queen size, headboard, footboard rails. I'll throw in... A large six-drawer dresser and even a cherry nightstand, usually eight ninety-nine here, five ninety-nine for the whole set. For the whole set, wow! And high luxury end. I have a Marcelli Louis Philippe style cherry sleigh bed set. It's sold at a very, very high-end interior decorator store here in Salt Lake City for forty-two hundred and ninety-four dollars. It's a king headboard, footboard rails, a huge chest of drawers, and a monster-sized dresser. And it has an oversized mirror, and it's your choice, either one that makes you look younger or one that makes you look older. Okay? And one of the tallest nightstands with huge drawers. Our price, nineteen ninety-nine, And I have six sets left, and that's it. And that's sold for over four grand. Over $4,000. So yeah. come on in. All right, come check it out. 1967 South, 300 West. It is The Warehouse. We'll have more of The Big Show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got everything Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, we want to say a big hearty thank you to The Warehouse for hosting us today. As always, Gordon, they're the best. 1967 South, 300 West. Indeed. Uh, it's always a good, fun time to come here, and we love saving our, our listeners' money. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It's been a fun day, Gordon. It was fun talking to uh, Jeff Green and Ed Davis, getting to know them a little bit better. Our, our uh, interviews up online, 1280thezone.com, or, of course, uh, just subscribe to The Big Show podcast. Uh, go to your favorite podcast catcher and search out The Big Show, and you can get uh, pretty much anything we do, Gordon. Yeah. Well, yeah. And those, those interviews were fun and certainly worth a listen, in my opinion. I, I agree with that completely. Those guys fit what the Jazz are trying to do. And a lot of times you hear about teams who say they want guys of a certain uh, profile, a certain uh, attitude, a certain uh, citizenship, uh, you know, all those good things. And, uh, and the Jazz really are doing it. It feels like it. Can you do you know? And let me. I'm not asking you to name a name, but are there any bad apples in this group? Well, Joe Ingles. Oh well. 
I mean, uh, other than Joe? <laughs> and the in-arena MC at home games. But. Oh, yeah, well, and that guy. That but, guy's a bad apple for sure. But you know what I'm saying. It's just... Uh, it's they really are trying to get guys who are conscientious. It it seems like they're not going to have a tough time to get everybody to pull in the right direction. Right, and, and they and, don't want that. Even if someone has talent, they don't want to bring in somebody that's going right. to disrupt this thing. Nope. And it doesn't feel like they've done that. No. Nope. It feels like the the pieces will will really add to what the Jazz want to do, and it seems like they're good fits. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I that's the way it is. All right, we want to say a big thanks to Jeff Green and Ed Davis for giving us a few moments of their time. Big thanks to The Warehouse. Thanks to Austin Horton, executive producer of The Big Show. Thank you, Gordon. Go enjoy your weekend, will you? You too. And uh, thanks to all our listeners. We do appreciate you. We hope everyone has a terrific sports weekend and a great weekend outside of sports as well. We'll talk to you on Monday on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.